came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Catching the fuck on fire. That's All not right, what partner. He said. Yes, he did. I don't remember. That's I, verbatim what he said. I do remember almost blowing my fucking hand off JPP style with the Roman candle. Well, well that's what happens when that's you your do fault for never Plaxico Burris. Didn't he do that? I think he shot himself. He shot himself. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I almost that shot myself. <laughs> Who's the guy that did the firework? JPP. Is he like a lineman for the Giants? Yeah, he lost like his yeah. thumb or something. Uh, and now he plays with like a fucking bionic arm. He's like the Winter Soldier. It's <laughs> <laughs> just more proof how, how much fair? the Giants suck. That's not That's fair. That's two of their players right there. That's not fair in the NFL. Look at Gronkowski, dude. That guy's like half bionic. Oh, dude, yeah, he is actually the Winter Soldier. I think he is. Well, we're live. And it's another smooth one from the podcast from Outer Space. This sunny afternoon, we're joined by Adam Narlock. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Ryan Scott. Hello, everybody. And it's your fucking boy, Rob Scott. What's up? We're hopping back onto the alien train again, and we're getting into the sequels, the prequels, and the crossovers today, boys. Basically yes. everything that's not the OG. Yes. Um, back to our conclusion on the alien franchise. Now, in part one... We focused on, you know, creation and influences of the 79 classic that started it all, Alien. And in this episode, boom, all three sequels. Now, we're going to breeze over the crossovers because I think, you know, that's more uh, Predator territory. Another episode for another day. And, um, yeah, we're going to mostly cover the prequels uh, because, you know, this is where Ridley signed back on. And these are definitely more relevant to the timeline than the the three sequels, which, you know, I think went downhill fast after Aliens. um, But, I mean, that's just me. Uh, And we'll get to that later in the outline. No, we'll actually get to that right now. What are your your favorite uh, sequels or of the prequels or, hell, even the crossovers of the Alien universe, not counting the first Alien? I say Covenant, in my opinion. Okay. T-Bag? Not including the OG. Not including the OG. I did like Aliens. I feel like that's the most famous one. Cameron, dude, unbelievable, unreal. But I did fall asleep the last time I watched it. Mm. Admittedly, well, that's never a good. And scene. that's <laughs> that's also no secret that I think you have some form of narcolepsy. Is that what it is? It might be. Where you just fall asleep. I can literally fall asleep anywhere. Mm. Okay. Well, well we might want to get, get that when you checked ride a out. Greyhound bus across the country. <laughs> <laughs> might want to get that checked out. But. uh now, actually, right from the jump, I did want to mention a few things that I forgot in the last episode. Uh, one, the xenomorph in the OG film was actually played by Balaji Badejo, uh, who stood at 7-2. And can and, I just say, that's a badass name. Oh, yeah. This guy's badass Nigerian. And he took classes to focus on the fluidity of his movement to play the xenomorph. And, I mean, poor one out for this guy. He died uh, in 92 of sickle cell. Oof. Sickle cell. Don't one of y'all have sickle cell or something? <laughs> uh, also, number two, uh, I totally forgot to mention this. This was something I found that was uh, pretty funny. At the premiere in LA, at the um, Egyptian theater, remember I mentioned they played Three the days. movie on loop? Yeah. Yep. So they had a bunch of props from the movie set up, uh, like they do at the Chinese theater nowadays. And a bunch of fucking religious yahoos actually set fire to um, uh, one of the space jockey props because they thought it was work of the devil. And so I actually they set it on fire. Yeah, they set it on fire. One of Giger's, uh, he fucking like handcrafted, sculpted this whole thing, the space jockey with the fucking uh, cannon. And... Um, yeah they set it on fire that prop is now lost um i actually found a news clipping that i'll post on the ig oh good thing i have the backup in the shadows (laughs) (laughs) made from my ex-girlfriend's bone hey we all know how vampires (laughs) feel about fire yeah we do um well how do they feel they don't like it that's like the only thing that can kill them besides a steak and some garlic what yeah 
No, no, no. I no, don't think that's true. We're going to have a vampire episode this Halloween. I'm a vampire. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, yeah. I mean, hopping right into this week's topic, we'll basically run through all the films that followed Alien, and then we'll get into the breakdown, timeline, influences, uh, you know, how they all fit together story-wise, and even some discussion on the upcoming possible maybe rumored but might not happen films <laughs> maybe so uh might. now i mean this might seem a bit jumbled because guys when i was doing this research phew, haymaker i mean what was the one i said the haymaker before ai yeah was that it or widow maker coup de gras yeah this one was crazy i mean th- these these uh, sequels and prequels get so jumbled and the timeline gets so out of whack because, I mean, it's all over the map. I mean, there was a ton of different directors, writers, um, production interference. So please, you know, just bear with us and uh, we'll get to some pretty solid research. And I think this stuff answers a lot of questions and issues that people have with the storyline. And it, I think it makes sense. Um, and you know what? If it doesn't, Feel free to go do research on your own. Yeah, and let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear some more feedback. I pulled a few fan theories. Um, And, I mean, all this could be null and void by the next movie. Scott could basically just say, well, um, you know, fuck you. Uh, Basically, that's not what I was going for, and I've already got your money, so fuck yourself. Uh, While he's pulling tubes off his Rolls Royce and throwing caviar and oysters around. That's a direct quote. <laughs> but, uh, let's hop right into it. So, sequels. As we discussed, uh, this franchise, very popular. The first sequel we get in 1986 is Aliens. Now, this was written and directed by none other than James Cameron. Um, might Never know him, heard of him. Oh, might know him from Titanic, Avatar, Terminators 1 and 2. Now, how the fuck does everything he do make so much money? I saw this thing where uh, I think Avengers Infinity War is at like, uh, what is it, like two something billion and it's like pretty much going to catch up to Titanic, but there's no way it's going to touch Avatar, which is like 2.7 billion. Hmm. How? How does that make so much money? How did that make so much money? Marketing, bruh. okay well do you remember when avatar came out dude that shit was literally everywhere i've never seen it i've still never seen it yeah neither have i but but i'm saying dude it's like it was at mcdonald's it was on every fucking commercial for like five years there's billboards of it (laughs) shit was everywhere dude and it stayed i feel like that shit stayed in theaters for like a whole goddamn year i guess that could be true i mean i've been going with this movie pass i've been going to see a movie like every week this month and I've seen the trailer for uh, Mission Impossible Fallout probably like 60 times. Yeah, it looks stupid every time. But I'm probably just going to go see it because I've already probably watched two hours of the trailer. <laughs> so I basically have seen the movie, movie at this point. So why even waste your pass going to see it? You're right. So, um, I mean, yeah, this guy we know, fucking huge moneymaker. Now... Essentially, Fox had always planned to do a sequel uh, because of the success of the OG Alien film. But, you know, they had some new suits come in in the management department and they postponed these plans until uh, 1983 when Brandywine picked up Cameron to write and direct after they read the script for Terminator. And it wasn't even until Terminator was a success in 1984 that Aliens was finally greenlit. Uh, it had a budget of $18 million and it went on to earn $183 million at the box office. Now, additions that it gave to the franchise, like in terms of the Alien universe, we get the whole basically Marines in space, you know. Um, influenced by Isaac Asimov. Definitely an upcoming episode. Mm. And this is more or less where the sequels kept going. You know, we got the, like, military, you know, they're hunting down the Xenomorphs with guns in formation, that type of shit, you know? We also get the addition of the queen aspect in the Xenomorph life cycle. This was something that was not in there before. That's a video. We need to put that link. 
Oh, the uh, because science, the whole xenomorph thing, the craziest video I've ever seen. Yeah, real a good lot going on, but it did explain. There is a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just kind of tried to make sense of all the jumbleness because in the original one there was no queen there was just these eggs Mm -hmm. and then which came first different director comes along and he's like hey let's keep with the insect aspect because it was based on the wasp and boom we're gonna add a a queen in there fucking throwing out all these eggs now um this is also listed as one of the best sequels of all time um yeah i mean what did i mean godfather 2 it was I. It was I. But Aliens is one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, what did you? What do you guys think are? I mean, what? What do you think are some sequels that are better than the originals? Or do you think Aliens was better than Alien? I feel like they were two different movies. Exactly. Same, I mean, yeah. they definitely went in a different direction. Yeah. I still wouldn't say better, but very good sequel nonetheless. Almost didn't feel. Doesn't feel like a sequel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's two completely different... I mean, I, I don't want to say entries in the franchise because that still makes it a sequel, but it's just like... Like I said, I got like more of a 2001 Space Odyssey vibe from Alien, and I literally felt like I was playing Metroid while watching Aliens. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, I'm not saying it's better, but Guardians 2 was pretty badass. Oh, dude, I almost think it is better. Hmm. I think it's better than the first one. I mean, it's longer, you know, but I like some of the stuff I think is better in there. I'm just going to, I'm boom, I'll go on record and say it. I think it's better. Crazy for that one. Would you say Empire was better than... See, I was going to ask that. A New mm-hmm. Hope? No. What? Oh, well, how about this? I don't... What about Return? Dude, you can't beat that. <laughs> There's oh, one well, that is my favorite. And that's of the Jedi. <laughs> but, uh, how about the um, the Captain Americas, dude? I those keep getting better to me. Really, I fucking love Winter Soldier. That's probably my favorite. I even like Civil War, and but that's more of an Avengers movie, I think. Yeah, it is. But um, dude, most some well, of the it's Marvel a Captain America film. I know, but I'm saying Civil it's War. Got, yeah, it's got all the people yeah. in there. They're fighting each other. Hence the Civil War. Avengers. Um, I like, uh, I like, I mean, I feel like a lot of the Marvel movies are getting better, right? Infinity War, best one yet. So far. Of the Avengers? Of any Marvel movie that has come out in the past 10 years. Oh, really? Uh, I, I liked, uh, mm, I like some others better than Infinity War. Guardians? Guardians, uh, Doctor Strange. You like Doctor Strange better than Infinity? Dude, that's like one of my favorite Marvel movies. Really? Yeah, that movie is so goddamn good. You crazy for that one. What about Logan? What about Home Alone 2? Ooh, that's better than the original yeah? for sure. You think so? What about? I mean, I like the OG, but I feel like I always watch the second one more. Oh, it's more, it's more antics, more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Tonight? We're hitting Duncan's toy chest. Um, I'm trying to think of another good one, man. Well, it's okay. We could have a whole episode on that. We've moved on. Back to <laughs> okay. the future, too? And nah. Three. Obviously, the first one. Oh, better. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like the new ones? No, I'm talking like the OG trilogy. <laughs> like the Secret of the 90s ones? Secret of the Ooze is the best one. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Down, dude. All right. What about Karate Kid? Two? Yeah. <laughs> okay three ninjas uh they had a sequel Nick's just naming right. off karate <laughs> 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 okay so we'll move on to all right in 92 toy story 2 stop right. <laughs> so in 92 we get alien 3 now uh Directed more or less by David Fincher, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, this guy did Gone Girl, Fight Club, Zodiac, Benjamin Button, all great movies. The Notebook. No, that was not him. But um, now there were so, there was a lot of fuckery going on with this one in production as well, and I think this seems to be the case in nearly every film in this franchise, as we'll see when we get through this. But. Uh, Similar to, as we talked about Solo, Fincher was brought on like super late in the game. And um, they actually had a proposed version uh, by Vincent Ward. 
Um, he he wrote the original story, which is what they adapted the screenplay for Aliens Three from. But as a director, he he had signed on to direct and was uh, fired. And his original story was said to be amongst the greatest sci-fi movies never made. Now, the original story for Aliens 3... I mean, we all know Aliens 3 is uh, crashes on the prison planet. And it's uh, Ripley, you know, and this is where she, like, goes into the vat of lava. The face huggers on the dog. And we have the runner, Xenomorph. So, that's what happened. Prison planet. The original... By this guy Vincent Ward, he wanted he had this idea for like a, a wooden space like planet or spaceship. So it was basically like a planet whose interior was wooden, and like the story, it was like all these monks that were on this like wooden fucking kind of asteroid floating out in space, and it, he sees a quote unquote this one monk story begins with this monk who sees a star in the east and this is actually ripley's escape pod and he thinks oh this is a good omen you know studying i guess uh, whatever religion they are and then boom we get the alien wreaking havoc on the planet and it's like a lot of religion in there and they think it's the devil and yada 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 that's it in a nutshell basically but um they yeah they basically like scrapped this whole idea and ended up switching it to the prison planet but i mean the story is more or less the same just that setting i mean i think that would have been really cool to see right yeah i think it would fit in more with like the direction they went with prometheus yeah yeah oh yeah and um so yeah the script and story i mean this went through like i think four different writers before being finalized and since its release um fincher has basically like tried to forget it like he's disowned the film and he blames too much producers involvement uh, they didn't put like the necessary trust in him you know basically too many cooks in the kitchen like uh, suicide squad mm. and in an interview uh in 2009 fincher actually said quote unquote no one hated it more than me to this day no one hates it more than me he just like totally disbanded this film and uh this one had up to budget uh we got 55 million and it earned a total of 159.8 million at the box office now introductions to the franchise this one introduced the runner which is what you get when a face hugger attaches itself to a dog and incubates in a dog and then uh we get you know the last true version of ripley as she murks herself in the end with the uh, queen in her chest, you know? So, um, also, you guys ever play Alien 3, The Gun? It's like a rail shooter arcade game. Ooh, I, I think, think they so, had it at man. Pongo Pizza. Yeah, now Badass, dude. <laughs> oh, one of the best arcade games, mm. dude. But yeah, I mean, that's as far as we got for introductions to the franchise, you know, new things it adds to the Xenomorph timeline. So, moving on, in 97, we get Alien Resurrection. Now, have you guys seen this? That's the one I have not seen. Not that great. I mean, really only, like, there's this one scene where they're in, like, water, and you see the Xenomorph swimming and shit. That's kind of cool and new. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's really kind of bad. Um, This was directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, French guy, French gentleman. And he also directed Del Cantessine and City of Lost Children, both great movies, both in French. If you I haven't, think that's Delicatessen. <laughs> oh, Delicatessen. Not Delicatessen. Delicatessen is actually how it's pronounced. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. So Delicatessen, excuse my French, <laughs> and uh, City of Lost Children. Now both of these are like super heavy on visuals. Um, you know they really go after heavy visual directors in these. You get David Fincher, uh, this French gentleman, uh, James Cameron. This one even more. They throw even more at this thing. Budget of seventy-five million, earning a hundred and sixty-one point four had its box office run and this also brought in ron perlman and winona ryder to the franchise now uh this introduces in terms of the universe uh the alien human hybrid when you know they clone ripley because the real ripley's dead in aliens 3 they clone ripley and the alien queen in her chest and we get the human 
alien hybrid. And we also get the alien queen with the human womb because oh. it gives like a live birth, you know, to oh. that like skull type xenomorph human hybrid. They should show this to kids in sex ed class. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would probably fuck them up. <laughs> uh, now we'll get into just briefly skim over the crossovers. I mean, I just thought this was worth mentioning. So we have AVP in 2004 and then AVP Requiem. And Requiem. Requiem in 2007. And now we could go into these, but I think these definitely fit more in the Predator universe because, you know, um, we'll possibly cover these when we do a Predator series. Because, I mean, we'll definitely do that, right? Oh, yeah. But uh, it's really more like the Predators had the Queen captive to have the xenomorph babies and use as their rite of passage and hunting rituals, you know? So I feel like this is more predator based. Although I did watch it recently, uh, before I was writing this and I mean, you know, it's kind of a cool, like what if movie, but it, it is kind of cheesy. Um, it didn't really hold up, but if you've never seen it, definitely check it out i mean it did throw a huge wrench in the whole like timeline because it takes place in 2004 <laughs> and uh you know with like the sequels and prequels i mean scott even says like uh you know this was just like a a fun like what if like the freddy versus jason yeah like he's like you know you can't do that they're trying to milk it for all it's worth and this is what happens (laughs) but it does have the um chest buster predator xenomorph hybrid which is pretty cool um so yeah check it out if you haven't and boom right now we'll get to the prequels which brings us right into the breakdown So we'll get into the breakdown now. Uh, we got the prequels. So in 2012, we get Prometheus. Uh, now, initial thoughts on Prometheus. What, what do we think when we saw this one? Yeah, I remember when the trailer came out. It was all over TV and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I'm just trying to quote something that I can't even think right now. Fuck, hold on. <laughs> oh, great. I can't That's great. think. <laughs> I thought it was cool until I saw it. <laughs> Why? You didn't like it at all? Can we start with him when you... I just thought it was... Dude, it's just kind of like a ripoff of the OG. In what way? They got a, an, an android guy that dies. Oh, wow. We already saw that in the fucking original. Guess what, Ridley? He fucked up. <laughs> now, what do you think? What would you rather see? The whole movie is just the whole crew getting chased around by alien, getting killed off one by one. You get to see an alien fucking chest bust a guy you get to see an android get killed again did well, that man, not all go, happen in the original you went a whole 180 from the fans a lot of fans when this came out said no this was getting away from the original they didn't like it the whole philosophy aspect um and it didn't have enough of the chest busting yeah stuff. but that's all just disguising the fact that they're just redoing the original in a different way man i didn't think that at all what so what did you think when you but am i wrong I think so. Wow. In my opinion, but that's just, hey, that's just my opinion. And, and we'll get to it, and you can feel free to defend what you're saying, because I'm going to give you that opportunity. That's later in the outline. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. I remember seeing the trailer for this when this first came out and thinking to myself, are these sausages or hamburgers? <laughs> I really had no idea what the movie was about. I had never seen the original Aliens, so like I didn't. Did you know? So did you know it was connected to the franchise? No, I didn't. Okay. So I think that's that's on me, guys. That's on me. <laughs> Worst guy. But I originally thought like Prometheus. So I'm sitting here thinking like the Greek mythology, which basically kind of was. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, I could see it. But I really had no idea it was connected to the Alien franchise. Okay, so yeah, this one we got a budget of 125 mil. Um, box office numbers at 403 million one of the highest of the franchise directed again by Ridley himself uh, he returns to the franchise with this one uh, written by Damon Lindelof um, who also did Lost before this hmm. and this is more or less where the entire saga begins um, however they did want this um, Lindelof says they wanted this to be like a separate story from the Alien franchise as well as being loosely connected. 
um, which is why I think it got a lot of hate. Um, it's because they were exploring that separate story idea. Mm. Um, so basically, you know, this is a story of a bunch of scientists. They go searching for the creators, um, as they're called in the film, engineers. And it's more or less the story of the space jockey in the 79 version. Now, it's not the exact one we see in Alien, as that has yet to be explored in the prequels, but it does introduce that race of beings, and it's got a few, you know, chest buster and face hugger like creatures thrown in there for good measure, which is like, you know, that loose connection. So, this one introduces to the franchise basically the, the, all the events that set this thing in motion and you know the start of life on earth maybe got a creation story going on here yeah on several Um, levels we're also introduced to lv223 which is where they go that's the planet they go um the black goo the engineers the hammerpede which Mm. is that like worm creature that gets the black goo on it the trilobite which is the creature that shaw removes from her stomach after being impregnated um, and the deacon, which is, in the end, the chest buster scene who comes out of the engineer infected by the trilobite. Like an uh, albino xenomorph. <clears throat> no, that's in, that's in Covenant. This You're is the, the, right. black, the black one. You're absolutely right. So, first <laughs> guy. Let me just burp into the microphone. Going off. I wasn't in the microphone. Okay, guys. Okay. Guys, guys, let's bring it back down. Another palate cleanser. Um, mythology references, as you were talking about, Adam, in this one we got. So, the original title for this was going to be Paradise, reference to Paradise Lost mm. by, you know, Milton. But, uh,. Scott, he thought that might give too much away. And eventually, I think it was one of the guys at Fox uh, came up with Prometheus as, I mean, you know, the story is about someone who dares and is punished, according to Scott. And he thought this was a great title. So, you know, if you're not familiar, Prometheus in Greek mythology, he was the titan who was punished by the gods for giving fire to the humans, enabling progress and civilization. And the way he was punished was by being bound to a rock where an eagle would feast on his liver and it would grow back every night and the eagle would eat it every day. Mm. So that's cool. <laughs> but um, now in the movie, uh, this this is like a reference to, I think, Shaw and even Whalen. Um, they both want answers from the engineers. Uh, Whalen wants to become immortal and is killed right off the bat. And Shaw, she basically gets real fucked, as we find out in Literally. Alien Covenant. <laughs> yeah. And um, a big theme, so a big theme in both prequels is obviously creation. Now, on two levels, we got the engineers and we got the humans um, with the AI, David. Um, and- Androids. Yeah, robots. Now, these films are allegories to the God-human relationship in Greek mythology. So, looking at the relationship of the engineers and humanity, and then humanity and androids, you know, they kind of mirror each other. And uh, so, let's first take a look at these engineers, you know, see, get to the bottom of this, the black goo, the deacon. Um, Now, Scott says in an interview that the engineers, they're kind of, think of them as like gardeners, going from planet to planet sacrificing you know one guy to create life similar to them and this appears to be you know in the opening scene he drinks the stuff and then falls in the yeah. river now uh, f- at first that appears to be the black goo but um i actually did some digging and did some researching found a fan theory out there and this was released a draft of the script. There's a few scenes that were cut from the final draft that explain more on all this stuff. And in the opening scene, there was going to be an exchange between two engineers instead of just the one guy, no words, um, in which that, that guy that we saw in the final film, he's having a conversation with an older engineer gentleman who says this. Take this. This is the blood of our Lord. For we cannot create as the gift was stripped from us long ago. As always, we will continue our attempts to create a perfect Eden much like our own. You, the chosen one, will create it in your own image. Now, cut to the scene we got in the final film. 
And it's the guy drinking the stuff and then falls in the waterfall, creating uh, intelligent life. Now, furthermore, there was also some text that was going to be read by David on the door Mm. to the room where they find the black goo reading this. Only the chosen can pass through. This is sacred ground and must be kept sacred. If you dare to cross into sacred ground, you must be punished. This is the birthplace of our Lord and no being is worthy. Now, we do see in the room the giant head. Um, We see the mural on the ceiling, which depicts, you know, an engineer with like some type of fucking crazy creature. And David was also supposed to read the writing on the sculpture saying this. Our chosen one, the chosen one who created our Lord. This is his resting place in our attempt of resurrecting our Lord's blood. Now again, we see the mural of the deacon creature in the crucifix position um, in the final Prometheus, but there was also some reading cut from that scene which says this. Our Lord came from the chosen one in the time when our ancestors birthed life. His sacred blood was our salvation. His sacred blood through our lips birthed life on other worlds. Now, followed by this was an exchange um, that was supposed to take place with David and Holloway. And um, this is what that said. What do you think are inside these urns or vases, whatever they are? I am not entirely certain, but I believe that the humanoid seen being attacked orally gave birth to this being and your engineers worshipped it. I believe what is ever inside these capsules is something these engineers might be some kind of experiments. If my translation is correct, then they were trying to recreate the blood of this being whom they worshipped. Now, essentially, this fan theory is saying, like, this can be looked at as they worshipped um, a, the deacon. Um, this He gave them blood that, like, was able to give them the ability to create life um, as they were dying off. And so they would go from planet to planet uh, drinking this creature's blood, disintegrating, and then creating life in, in like similar image to them. And they were trying to get another Eden like their own planet by, you know, populating all these other planets with life in their image. But this blood was starting to like run out and they began trying to synthesize it artificially make it winding up with the black goo which is literally the opposite of life uh this is obtained trying to create like false falsify this blood and boom they get like this destruction and shit um there's also a a cut scene with david and waylon when he's like talking to him while he was asleep that uh that reads this It appears that these beings can live up to 300,000 years old. They used to be able to mate with each other just like humans, but somewhere in their late history they evolved and lost the ability to both mate and reproduce. But before they did, they found a creature that impregnated one of them with a foreign body. A creature came from him. They called it the Deacon. So, you know, because the black goo was so dangerous, um, the engineers realized, hey, We got a pretty good weapon of mass destruction on our hands. And uh, this is why I think there's so much, um, there's so much black goo in the ship and all those urns. And, you know, they, they get the flashbacks of the engineers like running, like obviously something went wrong, leaving that one guy left in his uh, hyper sleep chamber. And um, that guy in the, uh, in the original uh, script that we pulled, um, he was supposed to have a conversation with Whalen and Shaw. This was also cut from the final film. Um, in a response to Shaw's question, why do you hate humans? This last engineer replied, Hate? We gave you this emotion. We gave you all emotion. We had expected not of your evolution. We took care of you. Gave you fire. Built your structures. We gave you Eden. You worshipped us. We praised our creation from above. We watched you time and again kill each other. Start wars. We came back saved your souls but we left you to make your own fate but your kind is barbaric violent species we tried once more to save you we took a mother's child back to paradise and educated him taught him the meaning of life and creation we put him back into eden to educate your kind but your kind decided to punish him so boom right there two words space jesus this is where we get the space jesus now 
that's the movie I want to see. Space I mean, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we know that he said. <laughs> By Ridley Scott. I mean, think the, about it. The They're passion saying, of space, Jesus. Dude, imagine that. He, Scott's basically saying they took this guy from Earth back to their paradise to educate him, teach him of their ways. Like, uh, I basically, I guess all the shit we see in the Bible, you know, Golden Rule, Ten Commandments, maybe that type of shit. And then. Boom, go back, teach the earth people this. What do we do? We crucify him. And then that's when they're like, okay, they can't be saved, so we got to destroy him. I want to see, imagine that movie. It's like, uh, you know, we get like the almost like Passion of the Christ type intro. And then, boom, these aliens come down. They take <laughs> Jesus with them. And they're like, hey, boom, check this out. Eden, motherfucker. We got all this fucking cool shit over here. We're all good. We're all good. Loving everybody. Treat others like you want to be treated, man. It's all groovy. And then they take him back down to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and we fucking nail him to a cross. You believe that? That's what that's what I think he should make. Because he said he's, he's doing, like, I think, uh, three prequels or something like that. Should he collaborate with Mel Gibson? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think so. Um, Mel Gibson should just play the Space Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, so now Scott did say in an interview with Movies.com that um, they they cut this like conversation because they thought that this would be a little too, quote unquote, on the nose. Mm. Which, yeah, I mean, that's obviously why they cut it from the final script. This is just too... I mean, Scott's one of those guys that's like, oh, you can interpret that however you'd like. <laughs> you know, he's just not going to fucking... Have some caviar. Yeah, he's Have not going to... He's not going to tell anybody anything. So that's like one level of creationism with the engineers and humans. Um, the second level that Prometheus hints at is the whole AI aspect. Another now, episode that we've done before. Oh, yeah. Check that episode out. Now, this is also a big theme in Ridley's career, wouldn't mm. you say? I mean, Blade Runner, um, freaking this. He's always doing robot stuff. Yeah. So, in the prequels, uh, Ridley introduces... Now, Rob, this is where I have a little bit of issue with you saying, oh, AI, we've seen that before. I mean, this one he's introducing, this isn't like the old ones where it's like a surprise. Like, oh, hey, this guy's a robot that wants to weaponize the xenomorphs. In Prometheus and Covenant, he's given us a robot, and right up front, we know that it's a robot. We know that right from the jump. And this guy, this robot is basically throughout the film, he's like questioning his own uh, creation, existence, and purpose. And, and this eventually leads to David's, uh, I guess you could call it like a meltdown and his like slip into insanity. Um, and now I got real deep into uh, researching this kind of stuff because in the film, David is obsessed with Lawrence of Arabia. And he's, he's he quotes it three times in the film. And I thought, hell, why... Why did they pick that movie? Like, there has to be some reason they put that movie in there. They don't just put in any old movie, you know? For sure. Like, why not just have him quoting freaking Will Ferrell in old school? <laughs> um, if you've ever, if you never, that really fits into the exactly. Movie. So they put Lawrence of Arabia for a reason. Now, if you've never seen this, it's actually like three hours and thirty minutes long, but. In short, it's about this British soldier or like spy based on the life of T.E. Lawrence, who is sent to the Arabian Peninsula in World War One, and he struggles with his own identity, uh, coping with the violence of war and his allegiance to the British Empire or his new comrades in the Ar Arabian desert. Essentially, I think this is kind of like David. Uh, you know, he's the only robot on this uh, on this adventure. Uh, so he's a stranger in a foreign land, just like T.E. Lawrence. And he's struggling with his own identity and purpose. Um, you know, who should he be loyal to, Waylon, or should he follow his own creative endeavors? Now, they pull out three specific lines, which as far as I can tell, I only really found one other guy who's analyzed these, and he basically came up with the same shit. Um... So, the first line they play is this one. The trick, William Potter, is not minding that it hurts. 
So in Lawrence of Arabia, it's like he, you know, he puts out the match with his hands and he's basically saying to the guy, you know, the trick is you just don't be a pussy, basically. <laughs> so uh, I think this is alluding to, uh, you know, working in Prometheus as we know Prometheus, what did he do? He gave us fire. That's the match. And uh, even in the TED talk that they released ahead of the film, Whalen, um, he re- he does the same thing he, he he recalls the match as like prometheus you know giving us fire so i think david is using this as like you know in the movie it's supposed to be funny and when you see him watching this he doesn't even laugh and i think it's hinting at like he's an android a robot and throughout the film he's doing experiments to get the xenomorph which we find out later in covenant and he also infects holloway with the black goo so it's like not necessarily i guess a trick but for him like he doesn't feel any emotion he doesn't care that he's killing all these people like with a normal person that'd be fucked up to just give this guy god knows what with this black goo and see what happens but for him hey he doesn't give a fuck he's he's more focused on his creations than he is killing off his comrades yeah see that's what i was thinking a lot about too is like androids not supposed to have emotions right <clears throat> yeah. So he's kind of like ruthlessly going around fucking up his teammates, but then yeah, his teammates. Yeah. <laughs> but then doesn't he fall in love with Shaw? Oh no 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 no! We'll see that in Covenant. We'll see later. He says that, but it's all a ruse. He thinks that. Yeah. Okay. So the next quote they pull out from Lawrence of Arabia is: "There is nothing in the desert, and no man needs nothing." What was that? Just something from a film I like. So this is when they actually land on the planet. And um, in Lawrence of Arabia, this kind of alludes to like, I think actually in both films, this is like ultimately a pointless search. I mean, they go here thinking, hey, maybe we'll find some life. Maybe we can set up a colony on this planet. It, we'll get it's, some answers. Yeah, it's better prospects than... Uh, than our other planet and in this one yeah and Whalen wants to get answers from the engineers which is why they go there um but ultimately that ends up not being the case as they get fucking face hugged and ripped apart by all these fucking aliens and in Lawrence of Arabia it's like you know he goes to the desert to try to help the Arabs um and basically boom it's like all this war and destruction and he still doesn't get recognized as a good hero and you know yada 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 so i think it it's alluding to both are ultimately a pointless search but more so in prometheus you could see it as like david knows all along that it's gonna be pointless they're not gonna get answers because remember when he asked holloway like why did you create me and he says we created you because we could yeah and he's like, can you imagine if you heard that from your creators? Do we think that he knew that all along? Hey, it's pointless. Like, you guys are wasting your fucking time. You stupid fucking humans. I am above you. I am fucking basically smarter than you. You might. That's great. Now, also, uh, do you think Ridley Scott gave this guy a British accent? Is that a knock at us? He thinks he's better than us? Because mm. the android English. has a British accent? I mean, hey, England started America, so more creationism, dude. There you go, right there. I mean, uh, do you technically, think... He- technically what? We still celebrate Christopher Columbus, who didn't even discover the New World. Technically, uh, a Nordic guy discovered the New Continent, and it was already inhabited by Native Americans. So can you really say that England started it? The America that we know and love today? Now, you could say, so England basically said jolly old hey all you religious yahoos get the fuck out of here go start mm. your own fucking religious cult elsewhere and that's america jesus all christ. i can say is that england <laughs> belongs to me space jesus christ okay, okay so the last line from lawrence of arabia we get is big things have small beginnings so this one i mean that one's pretty literal it's like um in lawrence of arabia it's like uh you know the whole arabs part of the war the guy is saying is pointless but he says big things have small beginnings and 
in this one, it's like, as we find out in Coven and David's whole experiments with the xenomorph and like evolving a species of his own, he's saying, you know, it's got small beginnings with this black goo that I'm going to infect Holloway with. Um, now we get into Alien Covenant 2017. Um, released just last year. It's no secret. Now, <laughs> what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that one? How how do we feel about that one? I like that one. I that's what I said is probably my favorite besides Alien, the OG. Okay. This is the one with James Franco as the captain. Yep. That's the that's whole plot. That's all. You need that's, all you need. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need to know. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> so again, this one directed by Ridley. Um, this time it was written by John Logan. Uh, this one had a budget of ninety-seven to one hundred and eleven million. Thanks We're for not that. sure it got lost yeah. in translation. Hollywood accounting, <laughs> am I right? Um, and box office earnings of around two hundred forty million. Now this one did not do as well as Prometheus, but so this one finit this finished product seemed to be like far off from what Ridley had originally planned due to the backlash he received in response to Prometheus. Now, this is interesting because Rob says Prometheus was basically a rehash. Hmm. A lot of the fans were saying, no, there wasn't enough. They wanted to go see fucking Xenomorphs running around a ship, biting everyone's head off, and they didn't get that. They got too much philosophical, um, religious, um, you know, influences in Prometheus. uh, We'll call it bullshit. Now, eventually, Ridley ended up essentially going the Duffer Brothers route, and he adapted his next film based on audience reception. So, in Alien Covenant, we end up with essentially a combination of Prometheus and the original Alien, which, again, got a lot of hate. I mean, you can't please anyone these days. Am I right? Everyone's a critic, dude. Exactly. There's an idea. Let the Duffer Brothers do one of the. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, they a should. Alien TV That'd be show. sick, dude. Um, so, with Alien Covenant, um, its introduction to the franchise, we get um, what we think to be the creator's homeworld. Now, there's some speculation on this. Um, we get the infectious spores. Uh, we get the neomorph. Those white aliens you're gotcha, talking about. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And we get the protomorph. Which apparently the last alien we see is not a xenomorph yet. It's a protomorph. Very close to the xenomorph. Now, covenant is defined as an agreement. Um, So, you know, in relation to this film, uh, covenant is a reference to the Mayflower Compact, which was signed upon landing in the New World. Um, You know, the movie, um, this is a ship of settlers going to establish a colony on a New World, right? Yo, what about if we're going to stick with the religious theme? Oh, don't roll your eyes at me. All right. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> the covenant between God and the Jewish people. That's yeah, 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 yeah. People. Is that in your notes? Yeah, okay. that, that could be it, too. Yeah, I, I did see a lot of stuff about, like, Ark of the Covenant. See? <sighs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. So... Um, you know, we mentioned before, both of these prequels are littered with references to the Greek gods. Um, now, released in 2023, the TED Talk given by Whalen, in which he refers to the Lawrence of Arabia match scene like I was talking about. This speaks of, he's basically talking about like him creating David, the AI, um, is basically making putting him on par with the god. He's saying now he's a god because he's created intelligent life. So we also have the engineers being gods creating humanity. And then we have humanity creating becoming gods creating the androids. It's a vicious circle. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like, you know, a mirror fucking image. And with this advancement in technology, think of the fire in the Greek myth. Um, each one is essentially defying its god or creator. Mm. So we're defying the engineers by creating androids that are intelligent. And think, I mean, whoever created the engineers by them, because they were saying in that script we saw that the ability to reproduce was stripped from them. So whoever did that, they're fucking basically saying, fuck you, and create <laughs> terraforming all these planets, creating life in their image with the... Uh, Deacon blood. You know those guys that lose the ability to reproduce and they're really productive? Imagine what we could accomplish if Rob wasn't out banging it up every night. Wow. Well, hey, I mean, I think we've established that he does better when he bangs it up. 
He's in a better mood. True. He's far more advanced. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? Maybe you guys need to go be banging it up every night. Basically, Maybe. when he does his version of a chest buster, <laughs> he becomes more advanced like a xenomorph. <laughs> so, um, fucking real. So, another big theme um, is the passing of the crown in these prequels. Uh, or the demand or the need for power and answers. So, you know, this is, we got the engineers creating the goo in an effort to create life. What? <laughs> what? Don't even say it. I know what this guy's thinking right so, now. Come on, say it. Just Rob creating goo on it with his chest. Yeah, buster. yeah. So we got the engineers creating the goo. We got Rob creating his goo um, in an effort to create life. Now, whoa, so Ridley, do you think the the goo is like semen? Like that's a semen joke? Yeah, they just have joke. semen in all these vials because it's the opposite of white. It's black. Mm. And, <laughs> and when Rob does his chest busters, he's avoiding creating life. So moral of the story, stay away from semen in jars. Uh, so we got the engineers creating the goo to create life. Uh, we've got humans seeking answers uh, Whalen seeks immortality from the engineers. And we've got David seeking his own purpose and his desire to create, doing his fucked up experiments. And, you know, he wants Whalen dead so he can be, quote unquote, free. And I mean, even think his name is David. What did David do in, um, in reference to the Bible? Killed a giant. Boom. Goliath, the Titan. Oh. So. Um, we also have the black buster. <laughs> we also have hit him with the chest buster. We dude. also have the black goo itself, which is symbolism for uh, Pandora's box. Ooh. I heard in a few theories. Um, you know, this is chaos. It's extremely unstable, unpredictable, uh, responsible for massive carnage throughout the universe. I mean. When it reacts with the worm, we get the hammer peed. Um, it fucking kills the people on the Prometheus. Um, you know, it's fucking. He evolves the xenomorph essentially out of the black goo. David uses it to bomb the planet. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 I yeah. mean, this is fucking chaos in a fucking box, you know? And another one we get is this reference uh, Entry to the Gods in Valhalla from Das Reinhold. Now, this is played in the intro and the end of Alien Covenant. In the intro, this symbolizes uh, Whalen. He just created David, making himself a god. Now, in the end, when David takes over the Walter unit and is on the ship and, you know, he's putting his experiments into the ship, he's, he's created his perfect organism. And now he's got this ship filled with colonists to basically continue his experiments on. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Yeah, so this is a symbol of him becoming a god. So basically in this film, like our advancement is essentially our downfall. Uh, And this is why the engineers had planned on wiping us out. You know, we got too advanced and we questioned our creators, the engineers. Mm. uh, And this is like like we saw in that um, script Rob read that was cut. Like, they're basically saying, hey, fuck you guys. You know, we gave you all this stuff, and you're going to come fucking question me? What the fuck are you fucking doing over here, you know? And uh, this is also working on the Android level, as the Walter unit in Alien Covenant replaces the David 8, because the David 8, they say, was too similar. Uh, It had its spark of created desire removed as in the walter unit so each story mimics the other you know even furthermore you could say hey who created the engineers they probably defied their creators uh by creating us and just you could trace that back infinite like we were talking about uh the string theory and living in a computer simulation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so now let's get into the timeline of this whole thing well, fucking no AVP. Sorry, guys. This is not included in here. Um, so it all basically starts, give or take, four billion years ago when we have the engineer drink the goo. Um, and then, goo! boom, his DNA eventually spawns intelligent life. Now, Scott says this necessarily wasn't Earth. It could be anywhere. Just think of the engineers as gardeners. So that happened four billion years ago. 
Then we get 2023 Wayland's TED Talk. Coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, already dropped on YouTube. <laughs> you can see it. And then in 2089, uh, we, we have Elizabeth Shaw finds the cave painting. This is in Prometheus in Scotland, depicting the star maps. Um, and her and Holloway have already found a bunch from cultures all over the world. And then in 2093 is when, you know, the Prometheus ship gets the funds from Whalen. It goes on the mission uh, for LV-223, um, which is in reality a terraform planet for the engineers to develop a black goo. It's not their home world. Turns out they were on their way to wipe out life on Earth 2,000 years ago, around the time Jesus was crucified, mm-hmm. space Jesus. Um, something went wrong. So, you know, boom. Uh, this engineer wakes up from his cryo sleep, kills him. Um, Shaw and David are the only ones left. So they go to basically kamikaze this ship's homeworld, and uh, that's where we think the engineers came from. Fast forward to 2104. This is Alien Covenant. Um, it's on its way to set up a colony, intercepts <laughs> Shaw's rendition of Take Me Home Country Roads, and they figure, hell, I like John Denver. Let's see what this message is all about. That John Denver is full of shit. <laughs> so they go... Uh, Mr. Sunshine on my goddamn shoulder, John Denver. Yeah, so Danny McBride, they go fucking check out uh, where this John Denver tune's coming from. Ends up being where Shaw and David landed. Um, you know, whole crew dies. Um, and we find out David's been doing his experiments with the goo to create the perfect organism. Classic xenomorph. And this is not the engineer's home planet yet again. It's left up to speculation because these guys, we know are gardening from planet to planet. So why would they, you know, in the in the scene, we see them like come out. Everyone's coming out to cheer when David arrives because they think it's the other ship. Why would the whole civilization come out if it was already their ship? It's like left up to speculation could be just similar. So, you know. Then fast forward to 2122. Um, this is Alien, 1979 version. Uh, we get LV-426 is where they get the distress call from the ship with the infested eggs. Classic movie. Ridley's the only one to escape with the cat Jones in hypersleep. Hey, can I interject real quick? Oh, please. Please. Do we have any background information on the name of these planets where they come from or are they just like random numbers yeah um i mean i don't know if necessarily they're random but yeah it's just like they're like lv da 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 is their form of like naming all these planets because okay because we know like this far into the future you know they're on a refinery mining ship so it's like truckers in space they're just going from everywhere and we got all these planets so this is just how they keep track of them that's a big time for buddy but yeah so far we have lv223 which is um prometheus and then lv426 which is alien we How don't you know get there so fast good buddy <laughs> i do not know big buddy we do not know the planet in uh alien covenant okay so fast forward to 2179 uh, the events of aliens. They return to LV-426, check out an unresponsive settlement, and boom, we get more alien carnage. We see the Queen, uh, Ripley, Newt. They escape in hypersleep in the Sulco, I believe is the ship. And then that same year, oh, turns out there was a face hugger on board. Uh, starts a fire. They crash on Fury-161, which is the prison planet. The dog gets face hugged. We get the runner. Um... Basically, mass carnage. Ripley throws herself and the queen that was in herself, you know, the embryo, into a vat of molten metal. And Whalen Yutani um, doesn't get there in time to extract the queen to weaponize it. But boom, fast forward to 2379. This USM ship uh, cloned Ripley, extracted the queen embryo, trying to weaponize the xenomorph. They get a bunch of these things. Of course, they escape, merc people left and right. And Ripley discovers the queen that was in her uh, chest, basically her daughter, mm. um, is now has a human womb, gives birth to this human a- alien hybrid, 
it kills the queen, recognizes Ripley as its mom, and then in classic aliens fashion, sent out the window into space, and her and Winona Ryder escape on another ship, and they watch this one crash into Earth with all the aliens supposedly dying. Now, Very Super Metroid. And that's as far as we got in the timeline. 2379. Now, announced, upcoming. So, announced is Alien Awakening. Uh, now, apparently, this is between Prometheus and Covenant. So, in September of 2015, Scott said he was planning two sequels to Prometheus. Um, and then getting back into the first Alien film. Now, he said maybe, hell, there will even be a fourth film before we get back to the Alien franchise. That's left up for debate. Um, In November of that same year, he confirmed Alien Covenant would be the first of three additional uh, films in the prequel series. So we're going to have three more before linking up with 79 Alien. Now, the screenplay for um, Alien Awakening has already been written, um, finished in 2017. And in March of 2017, Ridley says, if you really want a franchise, I can keep cranking it out for another six. He says he's not going to close it down again. No way. He, th- he thinks he's got another six films in him Jesus. after Alien Covenant. But I mean, the way that they're freaking slacking off, maybe not. Um, I mean, we know Fox is, well, now Fox is owned by Disney, right? Ooh, and these guys are trying to shut down Star Wars sequels because of Solo. You think they're going to really? Yeah, that's confirmed. Well, they're not very impressed with how Solo did. Well, no shit. They put they fucking filmed it twice. Of course, you don't put well, all your eggs in one basket. They should have just had Solo as an eighty mil budget, and we got what we got. Mm-hmm. But instead, nah, like now they don't want to do yeah. the Boba Fett. I can understand oh, not please. wanting to do I the Obi Wan one. But oh, I would rather see that. You'd rather see Obi Wan in than the Boba desert. Fett? Yeah. I wonder if he means old Ben. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. I mean, this guy thinks he's got another six films in him. Now, in the audio commentary on Alien Covenant, Scott confirmed that a sequel to Alien Covenant, which we, I guess, know is Alien Awakening, but he said that was between Prometheus and Covenant. He also referred to this as Alien Covenant 2, also being written by Logan. Um, with Fassbender, Watterson, and Danny McBride reprising their roles. So we're going to see what happens after that ship. So I guess it wouldn't be. So he's saying he's going to do Alien Awakening, which is between Prometheus and Covenant, and then another Alien Covenant with McBride and, and uh, Watterson. So he also confirmed that the this film, Alien Covenant 2, will cap his prequel series, leading directly into Alien. Hmm. Now, in October of 2017, um, IndieWire quoted Scott as saying that Alien Covenant 2 will focus more on androids and the AIs as opposed to the xenomorphs. Yikes. So he said, you know, I think of the evolution as the alien himself is basically complete with that protomorph we saw in Covenant. And he wants to do like another story of like think of like a planet taken over uh by like david he goes to a planet does all these experiments like what world would the ai create if he finds himself as like basically the god on this new planet and he says they actually have quite a big layout for this one now there has been some speculation that i think one of them was canceled like i think in an interview a few months ago the actress said she hasn't heard about a sequel in a long time. Uh, Fox said they might have canceled it, but I mean, you know, we saw from this outline, um, they're fucking always weary on these alien movies. They're fucking doing this shit. Probably go through three writers before we get another one. I mean, this is the same corporation that tried to cancel family guy. So (laughs) kudos Fox. Well, and now that it's owned by Disney, I didn't really even think about that. I wonder if it's going to like, go a different direction family friendly social justice warriors (laughs) well i mean it's already alien was already very progressive for its time having ripley as the you know badass fucking ass fight woman Yeah. yeah um so i don't think there's anything that they could do further with that 
but um, I think it will be interesting to see where he goes, especially with the timeline so jumbled as we saw. Um, you know, what does Scott have in in mind for these next couple films? Do it up. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he'll do it up. Do it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Hope you guys are. And there you have it. Alien franchise. That's everything basically in a nutshell. Or <laughs> or not not in a nutshell. I mean, we tried to cover the important stuff. Um but yeah, I mean, let us know your theories on where you think he's going with the franchise. Um hopefully we'll find out more about it soon. Um we might. Yeah, and see what happens. So anything else uh before we skedaddle? As always, you know, slide into those DMs. We got podcast from outer space on Instagram or the email podcast from outer space at gmail.com. Hit us up, get some of those stickers. We got the shirts coming. We got Comic Con in a couple weeks, guys. Yeah. Excited for that. Comic Con coming up, guys. Um, Coming up in July, uh, second to last weekend, uh, we'll Not be out the there. Yeah, we'll be out there handing out some free stuff. Um, come by, say hi. We like to interact with you guys. Yeah, come say what's up. And next week, very special episode coming for you guys. Excited about this one. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, tune in next week for a uh, top-notch episode we'll be bringing to you guys go ahead and wrap it up only the finest content for our loyal legion of listeners but yeah guys thanks for giving us a listen this week so long and thanks for all the fish <laughs>